to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am Trent Taylor, your host. And we are going to be talking tonight about the financial system of the Antichrist kingdom. Yes, there is such a thing. In fact, you know of it. You've heard of Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast in and of itself is not the financial system, but there has to be a financial system in place to not be able to buy or sell without the mark. And we're going to begin talking about how these things are already in play. And so we're going to begin with our little friend, Klaus Schwab, he uh, was speaking not too long ago to the Indonesia. So there's there's a number of different uh, you know uh, organizations and events that they'll put together annually for him to try to bring other you know important kingdoms and kings and prime ministers and uh, presidents and, and other groups into his into his organization. Um, but he was uh, recently. And so the, the video you'll see is actually the, in 2022. It's actually the very end of 22. Um, and anyway, they call it the G20 or the B20. Um, and I want to share this little video clip of Mr. Schwab, and then we will talk. Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis. An economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic and structural restructuring of our world. Of course, Mr. Schwab, we need to restructure the world because, you know, we were, you know, about four years ago, only the most powerful country on earth with the best economic system that's ever existed in our own nation. Most likely, I mean, I know that we, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of room for argument there, but we were definitely going in the right direction. And we could go back to the 80s, talk Reagan and some things like that, but there was a lot of bad stuff going on there too. But we were headed in the right direction. We were energy independent. Completely energy independent. But we need to change the world. And I'm going to show you a few things of what they want to do to do this. So first of all, will there be a financial crisis in the last days? And the answer is there absolutely will. But they will have to have a financial system in place. So when it gets to that market beast, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, they have a way to, com- to control how you buy and sell. And it's very likely that these, in- these institutions and these systems will already be in place. At the time of the uh, the, desola- the abomination of desolation, and when you see that coming, which we're going to talk a little bit more later, that moment they will flip the switch, and you will no longer be able to buy or sell without that mark. So how do you take over a financial system? First of all, take all the rich people in the world, and they get together, and they go to this nice little Swiss. I, I, I know you feel sorry for them. Um, they fly in on all their private jets while we lowly people, you know, just beg for a seat on Spirit Airlines. Um, but they go to Davos in Switzerland and, and dine on fine cuisine and fine 
you know, foods and ski and do all these things and decide how they're diabolically going to take over the world. And you think I'm kidding? No, they've been doing this for a very long time. Um, actually, it goes all the way back to the 70s, but Davos for the last 20 years um, has been <clears throat> it's Davos, Switzerland. It's actually the name of the, the town in Switzerland. And they go there to figure out how they're going to carve up the world and how they're going to create crisis and then take over and control within those crises. Think about COVID. All right. Well, create a crisis and then... In the full thirds of that crisis, you take over. However, I want to I want to go ahead and read this. So, give me a first scripture of the evening. Now, I'm going to throw some out there tonight that I don't have on the screen. I'll let you know when that's the case. But let's start here with James five one through five. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. And that is very true. Think about the just how much wealth is in the hands of 1%, 2% of the population in, in the world. Indeed, the wages of laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back uh, by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Now, so the reason I use this scripture is because, first of all, I'll, it's encouraging for me. So it is talking about a financial crisis and what they do to the middle, uh, the middle class and the, the poor. Um, and so we know that this is going to happen. Um, how do you do this? Well, it's a complex thing. We're only going to get into pieces of it tonight. Um, but they will create... Basically, a system that you have to follow in order to do business. You've seen some of this. is called ESG, Economic, Social, and Governance. Um, you've also seen um, in schools and, and other businesses, now they have what's called DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, you know, it, it's just basically another way to, you know, discriminate against anything that they deem not worthy to their platform to move their agendas forward. One of these is called stakeholder capitalism. Um, you know, actually, I, I experienced this. So tonight, again, as I talk about these financial systems and so forth, and, and we talk about end times things, I can't help but talk about political uh, people and, and governments. Um, but I'm going to be very fair. Um, you're going to hear that I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you can't call me one or the other. I, when I vote, I vote Jesus. That's how I vote. Um, but my, I experienced this firsthand in my business with George W. Bush. George W. Bush, he really kind of started kicking the ball off with, I mean, he was incredibly socialist. Um, and he had something that maybe was redubbed stakeholder capitalism, but he, we called it crony capitalism back then, right? So in my business, he had buddies that <clears throat> were competitors of mine, and he gave them a leg up. And so they, had, they created this institution, this group called CC Hit. And they would go, and basically they would say, "Your medical." So I'm in medical record software. If you don't know what I do for a living, some medical record software. Uh, and so they would, <clears throat> they wanted us to be certified on this medical record uh, system called CC Hit. Basically, it's just a regulatory body that says you got to do all these things. Well, they would go to these trade shows, and we'd be at a trade show trying to talk to the doctor, and they would be standing down at the end of the aisle, saying, "Don't buy from them. They're not CC Hit certified." Well, that got rolled forward when Obama came into office to law. And that got a whole lot worse. And ironically, there was a, a group, a number of other was called regular for, or uh, uh, certifying bodies that came up. We ended up not having a UCC hit, and they ended up going out of business. Praise the Lord. They were horrible human beings. 
But And it was a very difficult thing, but that's what stakeholder capitalism is. Just to put this in perspective, when I began, so we, there was three phases that were written into law. So when we began, we had 2,600 competitors. We, were, we go up against million and billion, multi-billion dollar companies. There were 2,600 EHRs, electronic health record systems, that got certified. Uh, by phase two, is down to 1,500. And by phase three, we are one of 300 left. So this is what you call, if you don't follow their rules and do what they say, then sayonara, you're not going to be in our group. So that's exactly what happened in this particular example. So does that make you angry? Well, it did me. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures that are not going to be up on the screen, but in Revelation 18, 3, because they're going to get theirs. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her, of her fornication, and the uh, kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Let's keep going. I'm going to bounce, just jump forward a few, few verses here. And so it's Revelation 18, 7 and 8. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. And she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. The mark of the beast is the most commonly known piece of the economic system that, of the Antichrist kingdom. And this is actually, what's interesting, I, I, this is not, I'm not endorsing this podcast that I'm about to mention, um, but it came up recently in the last week, uh, Joe Rogan, who is probably the most popular uh, podcaster in the world. He has over 15 million subscribers. Um, and anyway, he had uh, Post Malone, which is somebody, I didn't even know who that was. Evidently, he's really famous too. Um, some kind of musician or whatever, so it tells you how out of the loop I am on that. But anyway, they were discussing these things. Now, it's important to understand, if, I t if you go listen to this, there's a lot of language, and, um, <laughs> and it's not for the lighthearted. So, I'm not, again, I'm not recommending uh, the podcast, but I will say that they speak to um, one of the most important scriptures, and that is uh, Revelation. And they, they even pulled up a Bible because they talked about CBDCs, which we're going to get into here in a minute. And they pulled out the Bible, and they read this scripture. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. So even they, secular, unsaved, they are recognizing the dangers of CBDCs or a central bank digital currency. This is one of the fundamental things we'll be used to. What is a CBDC, and uh, why is it bad? Well, to begin with, it removes all anonymous purchases. So a CBDC is a central bank digital currency, which is controlled by a central, central entity, which in this case would be uh, the Federal Reserve. Okay, Right now, um, which I'm going to quote, and stuff, but if I have money, I, have, I can go make purchases anonymously. The government doesn't know everything I buy, right? So there are certain things that get reported, okay, and especially in regards to income, but how I spend my money is my business Nobody else's. Also, the other problem with a CBDC is there's no finality to purchases. So as we get a little bit deeper and talk more about the CBDC, because they can program this. In fact, China has already implemented this. There's other countries that have already begun to roll out CBDCs. You've heard of, Cho maybe you've heard of China's social credit system, meaning that if I don't toe the line with the government and their views, so if I drink too much alcohol or if I say that President Xi's a you know, moron, uh, which he is, then all of a sudden my rights get restricted and I won't even be able to maybe make certain purchases at, at a grocery store or pay to get on a bus or a train. Um, we'll talk more about that later, but 
I may have even made, let's say, be, maybe I make a purchase. Um, and the, the government comes back and says, oh, no, you shouldn't have been allowed to buy that boat because you've been a bad boy. So, anyway, people on this system, they won't have the money to buy a boat. That's just an example. Um, it also becomes a digital tether between citizens and the central bank. So, it would, you know, it, it'll eradicate all final, you know, privacy, financial protections. And the tether that we have, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some stuff here in a minute that's kind of spooky about what's going on even here in the United States. But these things become programmable. Let me give you. So uh, the Bank for International Settlement, Settlements, uh, General Manager Augustin Karstens, he's also got a close connection with the United Nations. This is what he said recently, and I quote, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today, and we don't know who's using a 1,000 peso bill today. The key difference with CBDC is the central bank will have an absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability. Did you note that? They say it's theirs. It's not yours. You didn't earn that money. It's the central bank's money. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. That's a scary thing. So as we get further into talking about CBDC and how these transactions will actually take place. Also keep in mind, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little nugget, that these can also be programmed. They will, but, but, and how do you do this? Well, artificial intelligence and quantum computers. Uh, the technology already exists. Um, quantum computers provides the, the speed uh, uh, to be able to process this, but then the AI sitting on top of that, uh, qu these quantum computers provide the intelligence to go through billions of transactions, I mean, and control and flag and learn and, and be programmed, okay, so that if I make transactions or spend things, or even if it catches me, you know, uh, in, in a facility, which we'll talk more about that in a minute, but it can control how I spend my money. They can freeze your assets. In fact, we've, we've began, remember we saw this, this is already happening, even in places that don't have CBDC rolled out. Think about in Canada when the truckers were protesting in Trudeau, but what did they do? They went and they froze all their accounts. Uh, Nigel Farage is one of the most, one of the more recent ones. He um, was really responsible. He was a politician over in the UK. He was really uh, heavily responsible for Brexit in the UK and they, and now he's, you know, he's a, a, you know, commentator and journalist and so forth, but he, I guess more of a commentator and speaker, but uh, they recently, you know, froze all of his bank accounts and wouldn't let him open a new account. Now he eventually um, was able to force them to, to give him his money in to open his accounts again. But this is, they're, they're, they're shaking, you know, their fists and this is what's coming. Um, so again, those, those programmable, purchases okay so no longer do we have the dollar no longer you know the, the fed which is controlled by private entities okay uh, you look at blackrock and bank of america and wells fargo all these there's horrible these horrible people that that have <clears throat> full in fact if you look at the uh, across the country at all of the the fortune 500 companies 40 percent of all those companies there are these individuals sitting on the cbdc's Sorry, not CBDs, the Federal Reserve uh, sitting or have ownership of 40% of all these businesses. This is crazy. I mean, the, the, the far, it's so far spread. I'm going to show you some more about that later. Uh, if you want to know more about this, the great place to look is the Cato Institute. There's some more good information. But I want to show you a video about what their intention is for you and I. on that as we speak.
handful of countries will dominate. Remember that. If you have enough money. You'll eat no meat. Their new regulations say you'll eat zero. But hey, they're going to give you some bugs. A billion people people displaced by climate change. Mm, yeah. also slit their own throats there. You're not a good boy or girl. Let's ship you off to Mars. Oh, yeah. Western values have been horrible. So, it says checks and balances underpin our democracies and must not be forgotten. Because exactly right. Because there will be no democracy. And they, their intention is to absolutely eradicate democracy from one side of the country. Notice that says, you'll own nothing. That's a phrase, if you have been paying even slightly attention in the last three years, you have heard them say that. In fact, they've been trying to back off because it's received so much steam, and there have been so many people waking up and writing books and saying, in, in secular and, and within the church and so forth, but are waking up around the world saying no. Um, but one of the things that we need to look at is like, well, this happened in the United States. Well... They are. In fact, I want to show you, I want to read to you a couple of things going on. So there's an executive order that was uh, issued by none other than, you know, our superior leader, Joe Biden. I'm sure that he was really the one that did this, but that's just me being sarcastic and a little bit tainted on the whole subject. But it's, it, they, uh, they wrote in a, uh, an order called 14067, and it's titled The Future of Money and payments. I want to read a couple of paragraphs out of this. So this is in section four, paragraph A, part I. It says, the policy of my administration, this is the Biden administration, on the United States CBDC is as follows. Sovereign money is at the core of a well-functioning financial system. They're going to get rid of sovereignty, give it to the banks, the Federal Reserve, and then those Federal Reserve systems will be controlled by a single entity further upstream later around the world. But anyway, I digress. The financial system, macroeconomic stabilization policies and economic growth. My administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of the United States CBDC. These efforts should include assessments of possible benefits and risks for consumers, investors, and businesses, financial stability and systemic risk payment systems, national securities, the ability to exercise human rights, financial inclusion and equity, and actions required to launch United States CBDC. If doing so is deemed to be in the national interest, and I'll go ahead and tell you that they believe that it is because they don't believe. They, they already think, that, and, and, and I don't want to get into a bunch of you know election stuff or whatever, but think of this. They, they already think that from now on that they will have control. That's why they're going after Donald Trump and some of these others so aggressively when they themselves have committed far worse crimes. But regardless, I digress. Let's move forward because there's another section that I want you to read that I think is even more telling. Moving forward to uh, paragraph A, section uh, part three of that, says a United States CBDC may have the potential to support efficient and low-cost transactions. And that's true, and I'll explain that in a minute, particularly for cross-border funds. 
uh, transfers and payments and to foster greater access to the financial system with fewer of the risks posed by a private sector administered digital assets. The United States CBDC that is interoperable, very important word, it's interoperable with CBDCs issued by other monetary authorities. So you hear this, this is starting to sound like a, yeah, you're catching in your head, a one world currency could facilitate faster and lower cost uh, cross payment, sorry, cross border payments and potentially boost economic growth support the continued centrality of the United States within the international financial system and help protect the unique role that the dollar plays in global finance. And notice how they're trying to make you think that we're going to get to keep our dollar. Well, here's an interesting thing. So, you know, technically we, we probably will. When it talks about a one world currency, okay, this is how they intend to do it. Now, tonight I had planned to have a, uh, an expert on and that individual uh, had something come up at the last minute. But the way that they, these systems are already in place, beginning in their beginning to actually process these transactions uh, around the world. So, we've spoken about this. I'm not going to go into great depth on it tonight. We've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but in the area of Ripple and XRP. So, Ripple is when we talk about blockchain technology or CBDC. So, CBDC sits on top of a blockchain technology. And here's what blockchain essentially is, is that it has a, a, a series of data, okay? So, if, and, and so every transaction, so let's say I buy this pin, okay? This pin from now on, okay, every transaction that is related to, let's say this pin, okay? So if I buy it and then you buy it and somebody else buys it, there's a transaction, a linear, a tra basically a ledger that tracks every time a transaction happens, what happens, so how do you, and then what happens is there's also uh, uh, replicated systems, you know, throughout the world where, where this gets replicated over here. So if this system goes down or if somebody ends up hacking this system, okay, and trying to alter the ledger within, held within this blockchain, then whenever, whenever a next transaction or it's verified, it goes and compares it with the others, oh, no, this is illegal or invalid. Now, I am in technology, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. People say it's impossible to hack Bitcoin, uh, you know, it's in, impossible to hack, you know, uh, non-fungible tokens, NFTs. It's impossible to hack um, blockchain, you know, transactions. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that if it's electronic, it can be hacked. I promise. I mean, <laughs> we may not necessarily know exactly how to do that. Let me give you an example. Um, we've continued to increase encryption throughout the years. So encryption, I use um, AES. There's a number of different, um, you know, so when I started off, okay, it was called 3DES, just DES. We went to what's called triple DES, and then we went to AES. And, and now there's computers, uh, uh, AI and quantum computers that are powerful enough to go and, and to actually break down and, and, and go through so many, so many transactions, so many processes, okay, attempting all these different, you know, potential angles and algorithms at that encrypted data that eventually it can break it, okay? It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get faster. And I'll tell you this, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he'll own every, every piece anyway, okay? At that point, it probably won't matter. But just digital technology in and of itself um, is is fallible. So what is Ripple? Well, Ripple is one of these transaction systems that. Uh, so you have to have these centralized systems. Remember that blockchain ledger I was talking about? Well, it is one of those. And so in the, if you think about when you wanted to transfer money, so if I want to train, there's a lot of ways to do it now. I mean, many of them are are legit. I don't have really an issue with them. Um, I don't partake so much because you know just on principle at this point. But um, but. They, when you when you do make these transactions, okay, now they are faster. But Swift, say if I want to transfer money to somebody in Brazil, 
Swift is one of those that I could use. However, it takes time and it costs a fair amount of money. Okay, with XRP, all right, in Ripple, XRP, I can actually transfer, convert my, my, my dollar. Okay, so my dollar sitting out in here in a, a digital wallet. And I say, I want to make a payment to, and give money to, you know, my buddy down in Brazil. I can do this for like 0 0.002 or 003 cents, and it's virtually instantaneous. And it's all, and what it does, it, you know, it converts from a dollar to a royale, okay, in instantaneously. So they still keep their sovereign, you know, uh, currency. We keep our sovereign currency, but it happens, the transaction between currencies, remember what it said on that CBDC, happens in real time between, uh, between you know, all, all these different uh, countries. So... That is technically how it works, um, and, and these, are, these systems are, are already in place. You know, as I mentioned, I mentioned a little bit ago, and we saw that video that says that, you know, you'll uh, own nothing and, 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 and you'll be happy. Well, let me go ahead and tell you something. We won't be happy. That is, aside from, you know, our, our self-preservation, I believe that the number, one, let's just go ahead and say number two, but the number one thing really that people have in their spirits that is, is the, the hope of ownership, because not just not just in physical things and, and, and in monetary things, but think about this. Whenever we say we want somebody to be invested, we say we want them to have ownership in this, right? I want people to have ownership in their work, in their ministry, in their whatever they're doing. Because if they have ownership, they're going to, whenever they take ownership of something, they're going to put everything they have into it. When you can't own anything, think about what that's going to breed. It's going to bring, I mean, not only that, you're trying to break the, the human spirit. Um, but let's, let's, how, how do you go about this? How do you plan to achieve this by 2030? And this is the year, um, you know, that they think that everything is going to culminate seven years from now. It's right after Shemitah year, which is in 2029. If you're interested in Shemitahs, okay, this is, goes back to um, whenever God, every seven years, wanted the land to be rested, and every seventh, seventh, which is every 50 years with the year of Jubilee. Okay, so if you want to go research that, you can. Um, but you have to get, you know, inflation to the point of, of depression. Now, they are trying to, right now, it's going faster than they, they can get their hands around. And I'm going to share a little bit with that in a minute. Um, but a massive devaluation of the dollar. So I say, right now, one of the big, the one I see is the, the biggest pieces going on in the world in regards to the, dev the devaluation of the, the, the U.S. dollar is removing it as the petrodollar. So if you're not familiar with the petrodollar, we have been, the, the, the U.S. dollar has been the reserve currency around the world, okay, for decades. We, we have set the, the, in fact, it goes all the way back to World War II. And what it basically was an agreement that any time the money was going to be exchanged for, for fossil fuels, for petrol, it had to be, those transactions had to occur in U.S. dollars. That solidified the strength and power in the economics of the U.S. dollar. Well, there have been organizations and countries um, all around the world uh, trying to figure out how they can not make purchases um, of petrol in uh, using the U.S. dollar. So here's actually an article just from the, uh, the other day, yesterday, in fact. And it's Argentina seeks deal to dump the dollar, use the Chinese yuan, to pay Brazil. Now, interestingly, the president of Brazil is, his name is Lula, and he is a very corrupt, corrupt and evil man. When I was doing some business in Brazil, um, there was a trial going on where he got, 
you know, he, he was stealing from the money from, from the national government for his own personal gain. And he ended up going to prison. They ended up, it, it's such a scam down there. It's, it's, it's extremely corrupt in Brazil. The difference is, you know, it's, it's all on the table. You can see it. Okay. Here in the United States it's getting more so right. Um, but whenever you are talking about that, I mean, this is happening all over the world. Um, you're looking at some of these Middle Eastern countries now also looking to make petrol purchases uh, from OPEC um, in, in other currencies. So this, when, when this is already starting to take steam. Let me tell you something. When this happens, our money will be like Venezuela, I mean, overnight. Uh, it will, this will create a financial crisis unlike anything we've ever seen. It will make the depression um, the, the, the one around the world – and back in the 20s and 30s look like, I mean, we're living on in high times. So this is something that's coming. Now, I know I'm saying some scary stuff. Just relax. There's good things at the end. I, I do believe that we're going to go through some tough times, but I also know that we are under God's covering. Um, he will absolutely protect us through this. Um, there's lots of scripture uh, that we can talk about that will refer to this, and we're going to talk about that at the very end. Um, what's another thing they can do? Property taxes. Property taxes should never exist. That means that you can never technically own your home. This is, I mean, the, the property taxes in and of themselves. I'm for making sure that we have good infrastructure in our country. I'm good. I'm, I'm, there, there's, there's a reason and, and a way to pay taxes. But to say that if you don't pay these taxes, we're going to take your home. You can never technically own your home. I mean, that's just, that's just crooked. Um, so they're actually looking. Uh, there's lots of things going on in regard. Now, Texas actually is doing one thing well, and that is they've just passed uh, some legislation that will reduce most people's uh, property taxes by about 40%, which that that's a good thing. So come to Texas. Well, as long as you're not going to vote like you, you know. All right. Um, through stakeholder capitalism, companies will be forced to fire any employees that do not meet the global agenda criteria. Um, we see this happening left and right. In fact, Elon Musk was being is now ha has a, a lawsuit filed against him by um, the DOJ. Do you remember that video I showed about you know th eight things the world e world economic forum and so forth? Okay, well the the one thing that we want to absolutely protect, okay, is rocket technology. So they told him that he would be uh, if he he couldn't even hire anybody from Canada. Okay, so for all these years, so you can't hire any, they're not a U.S. citizen. Can't even hire somebody from Canada even though they're part of NORAD, unless, otherwise they would be called, I think it was like an international armistice agreement or whatever. He would be violation of international law, and they would, anyway. But the, the, part, the Biden um, DOJ is filing a lawsuit against Elon Musk saying, you're not hiring enough refugees and people seeking asylum. I mean, it, it is absolutely nuts. If you, and in fact, it's part of that you know, agenda. That's exactly what they said they were going to do. So that's another piece that they're going to do. The other thing they want is they want you to be renters, remember, not owners. Here is another article. Rental Nation. This one is just from uh, a few days ago, five days ago. Rental Nation, U.S. mortgage applications crashed to a near 30-year low. It, it, it did, but ironically, um, the cost of homes are going up. The American dream of home ownership is fading into the distant past under the Biden administration. That's absolute truth. That hitting their lowest level in nearly 30 years, the Mortgage Bankers Association, the MBA, said Wednesday. The UPI reports that MBA found mortgage applications declined 4.2% week on week over the seven-day period ending on August 18th. You can go out. There's a number of articles that you can look at here. Um, I highly recommend going and doing your own research on this. 
But I'll say that it actually even gets worse. There's an article that came out by Axios today. Now, let me say this, okay? The Fed is already saying that they're looking at raising the interest rates again. Why does this matter? Well, because when you have inflation, <clears throat> inflation is caused by overspending. Well, look at our government. They're spending trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, okay? And so they won't quit spending, so they have to make us quit spending. And people are, by and large, I was at the store. It's amazing. I was at Lowe's today, and it was crickets. I don't know what's coming, but people are starting to hold on to their money. But they're going to look at raising the interest rates again. What does this directly affect? Well, home ownership. So Axios, but here's, here's the crazy thing. This is an article that blew my mind, okay? And this is part of the Antichrist mindset. Check this out. Released today by Axios, and here's the title of it, The Problem with America's High uh, Home Ownership Rate. Oh, man, we just have too many people that own a home. America's decades-long love affair with home ownership is holding back the economy. Hobbling the Federal Reserve, oh, poor Federal Reserve, and exacerbating a national housing crisis. Now, I'm going to let you go on and, and read this yourself because, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want you to see me turn completely red and get over-the-top angry on the podcast here. But basically what they're saying is they want to take away your right and ability to own a home. That should just be in the upper – that has actually been what has been a foundational piece of America is that middle-class America has always been the, the, the financial strength – and structure of our country, and what was a central tenet of that? Home ownership. Home ownership. Me, I, I remember the first time my whole life as a young man, I was looking to getting to the point where I could own my own home. And when I, I remember the, the first time I signed the paper, and I walked into my home, that feeling of ownership, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to take good place, take care of this place. I want to I wanna do this, and I want to do that. Okay, It's, 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 it's central to the nervous system, the financial nervous system of any good economy. And they want to destroy that. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but if you don't know who Blackstone is, they are. And so Larry Fink, he's, he's uh, in my opinion, probably one of the most evil people on the planet. Um, but he, uh, he's, he has a, he's in control of all the assets uh, pretty much, or he, uh, in control of Blackstone, which has assets of over $20 trillion. You got to go do some research on this guy. But he, number, I, I want to say he's like 15 or 18, maybe even 20 years ago, um, he began to um, create an, an AI that would basically evaluate and look at trades and eventually became so good. It's called Aladdin. And it got so good that it began to just, he even used to, began to rent out access to or lease out access to this for other Fortune upper echelon companies to be able to, uh, to grow their portfolios. In recent years, he's taking, taken that same Aladdin and directed it towards the home and residential markets, looking at buying. So, the, so most of the home purchases these days are not people. They are happening from corporations and companies just like this. And what's crazy is that it is more expensive. Somebody was telling me the other day, it blew my mind, blew my mind. My wife and I, we have a beautiful home. Um, we are absolutely blessed in, in, you know, in that area. But somebody told, I know what we pay, um, you know, and for our mortgage and so forth. And, and, and somebody told me that uh, some of these homes that people are renting around the area are like $3,000 a month in rent. That blew my mind. Home ownership is far less money, far less money. Uh, and, and not only that, you have, you're building equity. Anyway, anyway, um, this, how, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. Can this, and how can this actually affect the entire world? Well, it tells us in Revelation. 
says that in Revelation 13, 1, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. So I want to talk just about the ten for a minute, okay? That is ten nations um, that will be set up and, and around the world, okay? Those are ten kings, or think of governorships, but basically those are ten kings. They already, the World Economic Forum um, and the Biden administration, have been act, actively promoting merging uh, with Mexico. In fact, I'm going to go over that here in a minute. I want you to, I'm going to show you a couple of articles, and it goes further back than that. It goes all the way to Clinton. But I want to show you this video, and then we'll talk about it. A multipolar world, which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. And for these reasons, events like this one, the G20, and so on, are the very important connectors to avoid a too great segmentation, I would say, blockization instead of globalization of our world. Do you hear he said? Blockization instead of globalization of the world. Well, this is the part of the, the entire, this is the part of the Antichrist kingdom plan. It goes back to that scripture that I read just a moment ago. Okay, so it says that I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Those ten horns or those ten crowns are the kingdoms that he's going to set up around the world. Well, you say that that can't be. How do you do this? Well, let me tell you something. This has been going on for a long time. It began even in the United States here with NAFTA, trying to create agreement between, remember Ross Perot and there's going to be a great sucking sound down to, New, down to Mexico. Well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it just went overseas to China. But when you look at what's going on, I want to show you a couple of articles. One of them is the Biden, uh, in fact, the Biden admin um, proposing, in fact, I think I have a, an image of it here. It's actually yeah, right here. But I want to show you this, this article as well. So this right here is basically back in January. And, and uh, so you have Oberdor, Trudeau, and, and, uh, and Biden uh, meeting. But I want to show you this article here. Uh, in the New American says, Biden administration proposes merging U.S. with Mexico and Canada. This is a step past the NAFTA agreement. This is a completely different thing. What they're wanting to do is actually make us a single country. No border, no wall, no USA at all. This is the line that they've been chanting. This is what chant Antifa and all of them have been chanting. You need to understand Antifa, BLM, all, a lot of these other organizations, they are communist Marxist groups that want the nation of the United States to be torn to the ground and a globalist government, communist government, be put in its place. What's interesting about this is that uh, Manuel uh, Oberdor, he actually had a little bit of a Freudian slip in an interview talking about, because somebody asked, well, does that mean we're just going to have like one currency, kind of like the euro? And he goes, oh, yes, we definitely are going to do that, but just not yet. Um, I mean, so these people, they are, you say it's, conspiracy. it's not a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. They're telling you what they're doing. And notice that he, Klaus Schwab, he used blockization, not globalization. Basically what that means, he wants to, they want to divide this up into 10, 10 groups, okay? And you have overseers of these 10 groups. They've already, here's the crazy thing. You can go look this up. I'm running out of time, but you, you can go look this up yourself. They already have the 10 sections divided up, and one of those being the North American Agreement, right? So Canada, U.S., and Mexico. 
Well, anyway, there you say, well, you're just picking on all these Democrats, Trent. You're just picking on them all. Well, uh, let me show you a couple other people who I'll pick on here. Uh, recognize that guy, George W. Bush. That's in 2006. He is meeting with the prime minister. I believe his name was Harper of Canada right there. But the, 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 the meeting's not over yet. They're getting together with, you know, Vicente Fox. Vicente Fox is, is Obrador. He himself has connections to the cartels, but Vicente Fox was, was no better. He's, he was a dirty politician. These people, so this is, this is, they're standing out there in front of Chichen Itza. Anyway, you can see Bush and Vicente Fox on that meeting. And when they're sitting there having a conversation about the future of that agreement between Canada, America, and Mexico, and how do we get there? Well, the one thing that they want to do is prevent us from moving around. So how, they'll say that, okay, well, Mexico and U.S. is messed up, and, and there's going to be other countries around the world that fall, but they want to prevent you from, from moving around and traveling. In fact, um, so all the elites, all the people that, you know, the— the people who just know better than us little, you know, oh, flyover states. They used to say, well, if you don't travel, you're just not very well polished. Well, now they're saying that if you travel, you're just a, a deplorable, horrible person. I mean, so they're reversing that course, right? Because they won't, they don't want you to get far. Uh, look into uh, geofencing in smart cities. Well, what are these? Well, in, I'll tell you, I actually had a conversation and texted back and forth with the mayor of Amarillo Today, because the previous administration in Amarillo had us on a list for a smart city, being a participant of a smart city in 2023. And he assured me, no, we're not going to do that. So let me just let me tell you something. Pray for our mayor in Amarillo. Uh, pray for our city council. Pray for those who are leading us because they, have, they, they are leading the charge and fighting on our behalf. And it's so important. We, have, we saw what bad groups look like. This is a great group. We need to make sure that we protect that. Um, but geofencing. Well, what is geofencing? Remember I told you that you can program this money. So that means if they don't want me to go to Canyon, Texas, and I wanna, but I want to go to Canyon because there's a store down there or I have friends or I want to travel. But as soon as I cross over a certain boundary, then my money would not even work in Canyon. This, they call it smart cities. They want to say they're smart city and is, is a, they call it basically 15 minute cities is another way. So that everything that you ever, you'll never go further than 15 minutes away around from your home and whatever you're renting, you know, it's not going to be your home. It's going to be the government's home and you better be what they say. They're going to kick you out. I don't know what they're going to do to you. Um, it wouldn't be good. You know, and you think that this won't happen. Now, how can they track us? How can they, you know, go and, and, uh, and follow what we're doing. They wouldn't do this in our country, would they? Well, they already have. Here's an article on CBN where there was a terrifying precedent. Calvary Chapel sues California County for tracking attendance and churchgoers. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Uh, this came out just a few days ago. Uh, a San Jose, California church still locked in a years-long uh, legal ballot battle with Santa Clara County officials over 1.2 million in fines. So the county has fined this church because they quote unquote violated COVID-19 pandemic restrictions. Alleges the county government conducted unconstitutional surveillance and tracked its members on the church's uh, property using their cell phones. The federal lawsuit filed Tuesday in the United States District Court for the Northern District of California on behalf of Calvary Chapel and his pastor Mike McClure by attorneys of the nonprofit Advocates for Faith and Freedom. Claims that the Denver-based data company SafeGraph embarked on an invasive and warrantless geofencing, there's that word, operation to track residents in the county. So you say, well, that would never happen, or how did they even get the technology? Let me tell you something. It is already here. They're already doing it. 
And if we do not step up and just stiffen our, our necks and say, you will not steal my freedom, uh, it'll be gone in a blink. But just know this, that God is with us. He is guiding. He, he, this is None of this is a surprise to him. And the, ironically, I kind of get a little bit excited about it because I know that, you know, it says, you know, when, when, when we get to that season, it says, look up because we are so, so close. So is the implementation of CBDC coming soon and should we worry? Well, first of all, just keep living your life the way you're living it. You know, I know that I, I hear all these people that they're talking about, you know, I need to have a bunker and I need to do all this stuff. Listen, I am, I'm going to teach soon on First Thessalonians 4 and some other places to speak about the, the rapture. Okay. But that, uh, you know, Rick Renner, I heard him uh, give, you know, a, a spill pretty recently, but it talks about that word hapazo is to be snatched away in the nick of time. So we're going to see some bad things, but we're not going to see this tribulation that's coming. Um, so just just hang hang tight and, and just take care of your family. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, things are going to be okay um, for us, the body and the believers. If you don't know Jesus Christ or if you have people in your circle of influence that don't know Jesus Christ, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. Focus on them. Let make sure you, you, they do not want to live through that tribulation. Um, keep this in mind too: that these systems have to be in place for when the Antichrist steps on the scene. Which we, I, I do not believe that we'll we'll know who the Antichrist is. We won't know. But whenever that Antichrist steps on the scene, these systems have to be in place so the, they can just sw- flip the switch. And the next thing you know is, you know, this financial system is implemented. And it's already going to be implemented, I believe, in some places. And we may see some of the birth pangs of this. Jesus talks about uh, these birth pangs. But before they're in place, they have to be created. So are they created in the United States? And the answer is actually they are. So there's already a CBDC that was created by the Manhattan, or not Manhattan, so the Massachusetts, so MIT, Institute of Technology. And they've already created a CBDC. It's actually being um, tried out in small, you know, uh, uh, circles and groups to see if these transactions, and they're processing transactions, in fact, um, you know, there, there's so much I could talk about, but FedPay now, have you heard about this? This is already in place. This is another form of transactions that are going to be sitting on top of, now they're forcing that between businesses right now, okay, or allowing it between businesses. It'll eventually be forced. But just know that these things have to be in place. But also remember that the mark of the beast, so you're saying, well, am I going to have to take the mark of the beast? I, we, Like I said, I, I don't believe that we will be here. I, I would bet everything on it, okay? But I want you to re- look at this scripture. So in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 15, it says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken uh, of by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field uh, not go uh, back in to get his clothes. So what's going to happen is at the midpoint of the tribulation, the abomination of desolation will take place. And what that is is the, the – so the first three and a half years of the tribulation, uh, many of the people it, – it'll be bad for Christians. In fact, right off the bat, a quarter of the population of the earth will die. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Okay, but essentially the, the implementation of the, the mark of the beast does not take place till the midpoint of the tribulation. The Antichrist goes into the temple, declares himself God, says, You will worship me as God and take the mark either on your forehead or on your right hand. Um, and if you don't, you're dead. Um, and so, what's, you know, I want to go ahead and, and give a little bit of, of, of context as what that looks like, um, you know, from that point forward, because, you know, we don't know when the rapture is coming. 
you know, uh, the, I, I'm absolutely soon going to teach on the pre-tribulation and what I believe the rapture looks like. But we, we don't know when the rapture comes. We, but Jesus talks about the figs, okay, and, and the seasons. And we know that we are in a season that is very much like, you know, that he spoke of. And so just know that it's getting close. And we can feel the seasons. We can hear the seasons. We can smell the seasons. We can taste the seasons. It's all around us right now. You know, and but Jesus is going to come back. But here's the interesting thing. I want you to read, leave you this scripture right here, okay? That we know right here that at the at the midpoint of the tribulation, it says in Daniel twelve eleven, it says, and from that time the daily sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation is set up. There shall be one thousand two hundred and ninety days. So from that point forward, you can almost set your clock by from the midpoint to jesus return the second coming just know this that god is with you if you don't have a relationship with jesus christ all you have to do is in romans 10 9 it says if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that jesus christ died and god raised him from the dead you are saved all you have to do if this is your first time to ever hear that i want to pray with you and it goes like this and you can say this prayer in your car you can say it in your living room it doesn't matter where you are if you believe this my grandfather got saved on the bank of of a river And it goes like this, Heavenly Father, your word says that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. And Jesus died on that cross. And three days later, you you raised him from the grave. I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. And I know that my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for watching another podcast with me. And I appreciate you guys and your support. I've had a lot of support lately. I just want to tell you all, it means a lot. Leave some comments. Tell me what you think. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, share it with somebody else. Um, tell us, tell them about you know our podcast because the algorithm doesn't really hit us much. But let's do it by uh, grassroots. Anyway, thanks for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.